1: It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Canale. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Big 10 East win totals at hand. Uh, that means we're talking Ohio State. We're talking Penn State. We're talking Indiana. We're talking Michigan sitting on a seven and a half. Lots to get to, and we will get to it all. But uh, I, I don't even want to waste any time. Gentlemen, are y'all ready to count them up?
2: Let's do it. As much as I think it's the, the under count is a safe up. play, like I can't even... Down 'em up!
0: Down up! How many kids are gonna win this fall?
1: I can't fathom wins. How many kids
2: are gonna win this
1: fall? I just can't. I don't see it. It's not it's not on there. <laughs>
2: it's not, not
1: the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere.
0: And we begin again at the very top. Uh, most number of wins on the win total odds board. It is for the Ohio State Buckeyes. We've got 11 right there. No halves, just 11. Minus 120 to the over, plus 100 to the under. We've got that massive uh, Oregon-Ohio State game. Uh, The rest of the non-con is Tulsa and Akron. All three of those games are going to be in Columbus. The cross-division draw at Minnesota, at Nebraska, Purdue at home. Which way are we going with the Buckeyes? Sitting on 11.
1: I feel like we're, for me, I'm in the same situation where we were at last week with Oklahoma, where my my play is the over because I don't expect I'm going to do worse than a push because, like you mentioned, there are some difficult games in the schedule. Like, you know, you start off on the road at Minnesota, which shouldn't be too difficult for Ohio State, but still, you're breaking in a new quarterback and a lot of new players, and you're starting with a road conference game. So, there's, there's more jeopardy there than probably would have been if that game's in the middle of October. But then, of course, obviously, you get Oregon in Columbus in the second week of the season. That's going to be one of your biggest tests of the year. But I think that Oregon for as high as i am on them within the context of the pac-12 i do think that they've got question marks of their own that they have to answer and it's going to be even more difficult for them in the second week of the season to go on the road to beat ohio state so i expect the buckeyes to win that game and then when you get to the conference you know you've got indiana on the road should be a tougher game, but I, I still think Ohio State's a cl- a well above a class above Indiana. You get Michigan on the road at the end of the season, and that's a situation where it's like, until Michigan beats Ohio State, I can't sit here and think that it's going to. They get Penn State at home. They get Michigan State at home. So I could see them losing one of those games. I do not see Ohio State losing two. So I'm going with over, and I'm probably going to push it worst.
3: I, I already bet Ohio State minus nine and minus nine and a half against Oregon. If you guys follow on the column on, on 24-7 sports, you should know where I'm going with this. I don't think there's any way you can justify going under if you're willing to lay double digits in the shoe against the Ducks. I, I really echo Tom's points. I, I think C.J. Stroud will be really good. I think that Trayvon Henderson will have, have an awesome year. Uh, in fact, I think I think they're going to be so loaded. I think Master Teague could be third string for the Buckeyes, and he's listed right now as a starter in a lot of publications. But reading bucknuts.com, like there's a lot of young backs in that room who I think are more talented who than else? a guy like Master Teague.
0: So Henderson and who?
3: Would, oh shoot, what's his ever? name? Uh, I was I actually I I did our YouTube meeting with with the Ohio State guys on Friday, so I have a little insider info here. Uh, like they're super loaded. I, damn, I totally forgot the kid's name. I'll I'll Google it <laughs> in a second. Um, that is to say nothing of what they have at the receiver position. Mayan right?
1: Williams, Marcus Crowley.
3: Um, uh, My, My Williams, excuse me. Crowley, by the way, really good seven on back for pro impact out at, at of Jacksonville uh, and can catch the ball if they need him to. They have the best receiving core in the country by a mile. I'm interested to see what this new 4-2-5 defense with the quote-unquote bullet position does, um, but it probably won't be worse than leaving three linebackers on the field, two of whom can't really run, uh, to, to cover you know, Alabama's three and four wide sets. I Just a, an opinion there. I, this is not a, a number that I'm really rushing to bet, to be honest um i don't see a ton of value in having to lay minus 120 but i i really I agree with tom's analysis just trying to find some other things to say about it
0: i mean are same, we, same, same same, you know, yeah. like uh so i think the 425 defense would be the only spot where i i wonder like are they going to be able to stop anybody right like if i have to nitpick if i have to find a weakness and then I go right back to pass the chalk, and guess what? They're going to be able to score more than everybody. No one's going to be able to stop them. So, you know, you talk about that at Minnesota game. I mean, maybe take the over. Maybe, like maybe Ohio State becomes an over team if they haven't really shored up their pass defense, and if the new four two five doesn't uh, solve a lot of the issues and a lot of the nitpicks that we had for them. But I, I just I don't see. Any team on this schedule that is going to be able to score as many points as I believe Ohio State will be able to score, uh, yeah, push insurance. I'm I'm going on the over, too.
2: I think traditionally you would never see me take at a total this high to take the over with uncertainty and inexperience at quarterback. The way I look at it, like if one of them struggles, they got a lot of options behind them. (laughs) And I've told you here a few times – I swear I think my nine-year-old daughter could come in. She could probably run this offense and put up numbers enough to beat some of these teams. I do think there's pretty good insurance that the worst-case scenario is 11, like that you'll get the push. Like I, And I'll be curious. I think we might have to have some show action on the Oregon game depending on where that line settles. But it goes back to your point, like an uncertainty at Oregon. Like are they going to just light up Ohio State's secondary? Not from what we've seen. You know, I don't, I don't see that happening. So, I'm with you guys. I'm taking the over, too, because I think it's a pretty safe bet. Clean sweep for the Buckeyes.
0: How many games are going to win this fall? Drop down two wins where we will find the Penn State Nittany Lions. Nine right there. Whole number. Plus 100 to the over. Minus 130 to the under. Uh, all three non-con games at home. Ball State, Auburn, Villanova. A little bit of a tough cross-division draw. you got to go to Wisconsin. you got to go to Iowa. You've got to face Illinois. Got to face Illinois. He's going to mm-hmm. be at home. Um, we've got uh, a, the changeover at offensive coordinator. We are hoping that Sean Clifford is going to be able to uh, overcome what looks on paper to be very challenging. Yet another offensive coordinator for your quarterback. The pass catchers, I know that uh, from the Around the Clock series that some of the insiders around Penn State are excited about that group and kind of what they can be. We, like the Pac-12, will often say in the these Big Ten episodes, we... Kind of have to look at last year um, through a little bit of a different lens than we normally would. So for the uh, the Nittany Lions sitting right at nine, which way are we going?
2: Under, under. Hmm. I think there's two guaranteed losses. I think with Wisconsin and Ohio State, I see several games. Not several, but like I mean, Indiana, I, and I'll, it'll be curious. We'll talk about any here in a minute. Like Indiana got over that hump last year, and I'm sure Penn State will be motivated, and they'll be reminded of the call at the end of the game, and that's going to bother them. But I just – it's a lack of confidence in Sean Clifford. Like you said, we're all hoping he's there, and the other options on that roster aren't great. So they're kind of all in on Sean Clifford with a new offensive coordinator and a new offense again, I love the way this team finished last year and they didn't quit. They came back. And I think they'll come in with some optimism. But like I feel like nine and three is probably the likely outcome, but I don't really envision a 10 and two. You know, I I I could see much more likelihood of an eight and four. So I'm gonna take the under. So
0: I've I'm on the over, and I think that the one spot where we might like the one spot where we might be diverting is or two. Number one, I'm kind of off Auburn, and maybe that's more sentimental or just sort of the, the general um, vibe that I've gotten. I might revisit my opinion on Auburn as a whole, but I've got that game as a win for Penn State. Uh, I agree with you, at Wisconsin's very tough, but I'm not really afraid of Iowa. Going to Iowa is difficult, but I look at, I look at this Penn State team as being uh, very much on sort of its own level with Wisconsin. And then Iowa's maybe like five points down, maybe six points down below that. And so I, I will give, I understand that it's a tough spot, but I will give them that win. So with Auburn and Iowa chalked up as wins, I, Wisconsin's a loss, Ohio state's a loss. And then I agree nine and three, like nine and three, I think is probably where we land here, but I do have confidence that um, this Penn state team maybe is, is getting priced in a way, especially with the plus value to the over, where we are overreacting a little bit to last year. So probably nine and three, but when we've got to pick a side here, I'm going over.
3: I, I'm, I think the last thing Chip said is, is the most important part for my pick here. I'm going under. I'm not betting this at Will Hill with, with, with the under, but it, like, I might. I would probably not take the, the over with the Will Hill number. I actually agree with a lot of Chip's reasoning. I wanted to take the over, but for you know for the cover three picks, we have to use Will Hill odds, which are you know, minus minus thirty to the under on nine. But a lot of other books are sitting at eight and a half minus one twenty to the over, and those are some books I respect and I know will take action from from you know guys who, who are pros. Uh, so, like I, I can't for the show take the over on nine where I feel like I'm already giving away a half win, um, but. I don't hate Chip's analysis of this at all. I am con- contractually obligated to uh, praise Parker Washington here because, on a, <laughs> I think a show in like maybe March, uh, I didn't. And Parker Washington, Parker Washington, Parker Washington's very good. And uh, he's, he's a really he good is. receiver. I, they have to get some of these transfer defensive linemen to step up. Sean Clifford still scares me. I do think James Franklin's a, a good guy as far as managing a program. At Ohio State, to me, is their only like lock loss. But I do feel like they're going to be probably less than a touchdown favorite against on the road at Maryland, maybe, at Iowa for sure, at Wisconsin, they're already a dog. You know, At Michigan State, are they laying double digits there? Home against Auburn, I guess we'll see. I don't really trust Auburn. Uh, At Michigan
0: Michigan State is is, is scary. Michigan State's a chaos team. And Michigan,
3: by the way, has played Penn State well. In fact, one of the arguments that you catch from Michigan fans when you're like, like, hey, why don't you get on James Franklin like you do Jim Harbaugh? I'm like, well, because James Franklin has actually had the crescendos, right? He's actually won the Big Ten and you know d- done that kind of stuff. Whereas Harbaugh has more just been uh, good with like, hey, the analytics say this team was better than their record repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> but they have to their credit, Michigan's credit, they've played Penn State pretty well. So I can't put that as a lock. So I, I guess I'll I'll go under there. Um
0: that game in Happy Valley, too. If that game was in mm-hmm. Michigan, and Michigan, what team would get to it in a little bit, my home road splits on the way that I look at Michigan games are pretty noticeable.
1: I agree. I, I'm on the under two. I mean, the, the correct answer at nine is is the push. I, I think this is a nine and three team. If there's eight and fives out there, eight and a halves out there, you should go you can go over there if you feel like it. But this is Obviously, I feel like the way we're all talking and none of us really care about last year as far as what happened with Penn State. We're just kind of writing it off. And I think for good reason, because I think last year was just kind of an outlier for what Penn State is. And I think the new offensive coordinator will help from people I've talked to. It's just a much better fit for Mike Yersich has been a better fit for the personnel they have. And he's just been a better fit personality wise in that coaching room. And I do think like you mentioned, Parker, Washington, Bud. With him, Jahan Dotson, Keandre Lambert-Smith, they have three very good receivers there that they can put on the field. The tight end, they have a guy, Bretton Strange, who was very promising last year, who I think is going to be able to kind of step up and take on a larger role in that offense. And I think a huge thing for them offensively is getting Noah Kane back. And if Noah Kane's healthy, that was like their run game last year that was kind of what sank their offense overall because if you think about like James Franklin teams in in you know at Vanderbilt and at Penn State, typically his better teams have always had good run games. And last year Penn State just really didn't have one. And I think getting Noah Cain back and the kind of big playability that he could bring to that offense will be a huge, huge boost to them and defensively. You know, there are there are concerns. They've only got one starter returning on the defensive line and P.J. Mustafer, but Bud, you mentioned the transfers, Derek Tangelo from Duke and Arnold Ebikidi from Temple, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I got it wrong, I'm sorry, Arnold. But these were two guys that, Ebikidi, I remember seeing at Temple when I would watch, I saw a couple of Temple games last year, and you know me, when I watch, I focus on the lines. He was a guy that just kind of flashed. He stood out. He was like, it was like, in, in a couple of those AAC games, it felt like I was watching a guy that belonged in a different league than the one he was in. So I think that will help out Penn State's defense. The secondary should be good. I think there's a lot of talent there. I think that's a huge thing, especially if you're going to even dream of competing with Ohio State, you need a strong secondary. So I think that's a boost. So I do think this is a team that's going to win nine games, but the schedule's really difficult. You get Washington on the road. You've got Ohio State. You've got Auburn. You've got Michigan. You've got Michigan State. I think Ohio State and Wisconsin are probably losses. And there's a very good chance you're gonna lose one of those other games. That road trip to Iowa, another tough game for the Nittany Lions. So I think nine and three is the right answer, but I think eight and four is more likely than ten and two. I love going against the group. You really are. You are like the show contrarian this year. Like, but Danny and I are in lockstep, and you're over here like, nah, you're idiots. <laughs> nah,
0: I won't storm. I can get 18 in. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. Got him up. The Michigan Wolverines, uh, seven and a half, minus one thirty-five to the over, plus one fifteen to the under, changeover at defensive coordinator. Don Brown is out. Uh, year two of the J- Josh Gaddis offense. We've got uh, a Cade, McNamara, JJ McCarthy. You know, are you gonna get the guy who took over as the starter at the end of the season, or is this true freshman who Remember, Michigan didn't have a spring game, but they had a social media presence of whatever their final scrimmage or action was. And when you got to see that off-platform throw, everyone loves the off-platform throw. You know, so J.J. McCarthy hype is uh, is very much alive and well. Non-con, Western Michigan, Washington, Northern Illinois, just like Ohio State and Penn State, all three are going to be at home. Then the West draw at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, Northwestern at home. Um, I mentioned the, uh, the home road splits are very, very important to me when I'm looking at Michigan. Uh, I think the fact that the Indiana game and the Washington game being in Ann Arbor are what get me to over seven and a half. I think if either one of those games were at the other location, I would chalk them up as losses and they would have me going the other way. And as I, as I get us started with an over here for the Michigan Wolverines, uh, my third straight over. Uh, I acknowledge that at Michigan State is a very, very, very dangerous game. But I mean, like, I, I don't think that Mel Tucker's going to get two in a row, right? I mean, there's got to be something within that rivalry where that Michigan team is not going to let a Michigan State team that is not as good as Michigan beat them for the second straight season. But very, very scary, very dangerous. Uh, I will be going over the seven and a half.
1: I think I, right off the bat, based on the Michigan that we've seen the last few years and the Michigan that we know. So what we what we can expect reasonably, there's three losses already. You're losing at Wisconsin, you're losing at Penn State, and you're losing that Ohio State game. Then there's the Washington game, which I do have Michigan winning. Like I bet it a couple months ago. I got Michigan plus two and a half. I think it's minus one and a half most places now. I think they're going to win that game because I, I do have questions about Washington myself. But you look around, like at Nebraska, that's not a guaranteed win for Michigan. I know that Nebraska's down, but road trips in the Big Ten, especially when you're going out west from the east, are difficult. Northwestern's a difficult game. At Michigan State, that's a rivalry. That's a difficult game. Indiana is going to be a much more difficult game than it's ever supposed to be. Or, and Indiana has always been a tough test for Michigan in recent history. At Maryland is a tough test. I have my pick is over. I've got them going eight and four. But my level of confidence in it is not great. I don't think seven and five is completely out of the realm of possibility here. Although I, I do somewhere in the back of my mind just have a really difficult time imagining a seven and five Michigan team that's not coached by like Brady Hoke.
3: <laughs> so I, <clears throat> I, I, I kind of think, Tom, like for you and everybody else, do
1: do red flags kind of go off in your mind when you see seven and a half for yeah. a twelve game season? I mean, what what it's weird to me. We'll get to them, I'm sure. Next, it's like think about the fact that we're at a point where Indiana and Michigan have the same win total. Yeah. Well, yeah.
3: Uh, with that said, I am going to go under here, mainly because I get plus money to go under. It's yeah. minus a dollar thirty-five to the over, so I get what plus one fifteen on the under. I think this is kind of coin flippy. I, I see, I think a seven and five happens a lot. I think eight and four happens a whole lot. But I also could see like six and six. I could see ten and two. I think there's a big range here. I don't really want to be paying extra juice for a team that I don't have a whole lot of confidence in. Either way, people who are, you know, like obviously people on this very show, right? In addition to other people I follow, are on both sides of this. Uh, so just go ahead and give me the under. I do have some concerns about the new defense they're trying to install. Now, the last time that Harbaugh went out and got a defensive coordinator with, on the recommendation of somebody in the NFL, it was Don Brown on the recommendation of Bill Belichick. That worked out pretty well for quite a while and, until it didn't. Now, the new guy comes in on the recommendation from his brother, uh, who you know coaches the Baltimore Ravens, obviously, John Harbaugh. But I, I don't know, man. Like, from talking to Sam Webb of the Michigan Insider, who does a tremendous job, and you guys, if you guys are Michigan fans, you're absolutely missing out you know, if, if you're not over there, he said that like losing Jay Toya, the, uh, the defensive lineman who transferred there real quickly and then ended up transferring back you know, to UCLA when he didn't think he could go to UCLA. He told me they thought there was a pretty good chance that he would start at Michigan and that that was a big blow. And there's some teams on the schedule that can really run the football. Uh, and you're not getting Jay Toya for the pass rush, right? You're get, getting him because he's a, fi- like, no, he's you know, he's a fire hydrant. Yeah. Now, they did get Whitley from Oregon State, who is not bad, but I don't know that he's necessarily the exact same impact. I mean, Washington runs the ball. I think Penn State will look to run the ball a lot more. Their backs are healthy. We know Ohio State can run it. Wisconsin,
1: pretty good running team. Um, But I could get burned on this. Who knows? Yeah, I I think you you hit the head on the nail there. This is a team with a wide range of outcomes.
2: I'm going to take the over. I think this is one where a lot of people are down on Michigan because of what happened last season. And it was uh, the team quit on them. The team threw in the towel. But of all the programs that I think would be more susceptible to quitting, I look at Michigan as a program who prides themselves on competing with, you know, for Big Ten uh, division titles and being right there with Ohio State. And I know it hasn't been there. But I feel like once that season went a little sideways, they just threw in the towel. Then they start hearing, oh, with Don Brown, you know, he's on the, you know, he might be out. Then it's even easier to throw, on, throw in the towel. I think the infusion of life is something that Michigan has needed, a younger staff, more current, with today's player, able to relate. There's also something to be said about Jim Harbaugh, which is not very easy, and it's always been his downfall, is what do we hear? He goes places four to five years, and then people get worn out. People get worn out of it. I think even some coaches on that staff got worn out from being around Harbaugh. Now you get a new staff, a lot of new staff members. They're fresher. They're buying in. I think that enthusiasm could buy in from the team as well. So I think Michigan's a team. I, I, this was one of my better, more confident plays, I felt, was taking the over with Michigan. I think Joe Milton was a problem at quarterback last year. It was not very good, and that was an issue. I like what I saw out of McNamara. If that doesn't work, like, in, man, he's got to develop sooner or later. It's like it's like looking up at the roulette table and you've seen so many he's black, 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 black. Let me take red. <laughs> like, eventually, Tarball's got to be able to develop a quarterback, right? He's got to be able to hit on one of these. So maybe it's a little bit kind of wishful thinking, but I look at the schedule too and I see, man, I feel pretty confident about eight and four, which was the norm. Like, that was the low bar before this season. So. I don't know. I'm taking the over with the Wolverines. I will say, I, I hope you're right,
1: because I just, you know, as the Big Ten guy here on the show, like the perception of this conference nationally, Michigan has such an impact on the way this conference is seen. Right or wrong, accurate or not, like if Wisconsin, Northwestern, Michigan State and Penn State are all really good. And obviously, Ohio State's Ohio State. people And Michigan's like seven and five. People think the Big Ten sucks even if those teams are better than most other teams. So when Michigan's good, those other teams can be kind of having down years. But if Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State are all good in the same year, everybody thinks the Big Ten's good.
0: Coming up on the other side, we mentioned that team, our Cover 3 historian, is going to be listening <laughs> for our Indiana opinions. We'll get into the Indiana Hoosiers plus the rest of the Big Ten East next Magic, Jordan, Barkley, Bird, Malone, Ewing. The 1992 Dream Team changed the game of basketball forever. Dream Team, Birth of a Modern Athlete, is a brand new five part original series streaming exclusively on Paramount. The documentary takes you deep into the greatest basketball team ever assembled, with never before heard audio interviews from the players themselves. Hear from the team as they break down the greatest exhibition game ever, Team Magic versus Team Jordan, and how the torch was passed. You can watch Dream Team, Birth of a Modern Athlete, the new five-part series now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Count them out! The Indiana Hoosiers win total set at seven and a half over plus 105 under minus 125. The non-con is Idaho, Cincinnati at Western Kentucky. The draw from the West Division is Minnesota at home at Iowa at Purdue. I know our cover three historian is tuned in. He's ready to meme us for what we gotta say about Tom Allen, who is Danny's boy. You want to take dibs on this one?
2: Yeah, I'm torn on this one, to be honest, because yeah. I do think, like much like the Michigan play, I'm like, people are down and out on Michigan, and so you should buy them when you can buy low. feel like there's a lot of optimism, and there's a lot of people that might be listening to Cover 3 the past year, like, this is the year to hammer Indiana, but I really am torn on this one. Like I do feel like Tom Allen has built this team into a place where they're going to be much more competitive on a week-in, week-out basis. But then I go back and look at last year and I'm like, man, did they squeak by Penn State? You know, how does that do? How does that work out differently? They do have a lot of returning talent. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go over on principle alone. (laughs) I have to. I'm such a believer in my guy. Did you see when they all came over after and he was giving his interview on the sideline? And they, they just they go out there and they play hard for them. I still think they have that chip on their shoulder. Panic's coming back. I think a lot of returning experience, uh, except for running back, where Stevie, uh, Stevie Scott bounced to the NFL. But running back is a position that you can replace. I just think this team is going to be a really tough out. And I like Michigan. You know, we'll get to Michigan State, but I see seven wins. Man, it's seven and a half. It's our total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me that you see eight. (laughs) I got to switch it. I got to stick to my guns. (laughs) We got (laughs) to switch. I'm switching. I'm going under. I got to go under. As much as I hope I'm wrong on this one, and I won't play it personally because I want to be wrong, but it's just hard. I, I just have a hard time finding eight wins. I think seven and five is the more likely, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a six and six. I'm also on the under
0: and uh, I'll I'll use a a phrase that uh that there you go there it is but Elliot uh said earlier I think about Michigan is there's just a lot of coin flippy games just a, a lot of games that are going to go either way and they were the beneficiaries of some good turnover margins and some I mean, whether you believe in turnover luck might be how you feel about the Indiana win total. But as I break down the schedule, I think they're two and one in non con. I've got Cincinnati as a team that I think is going to be able to win that game. I've got them two and one against the West. I don't know whether, I don't know which two or one it's going to be between Minnesota, Iowa, and Purdue. Again, kind of coin flippy through there. So if it's two and one and two and one, then I ask can you go four and two against division opponents? And I do not feel confident enough that Indiana is only going to have two losses uh, against division foes. You give them Ohio state and then you're only allowed one more beyond that like Penn state and then a Michigan too. I, I just see this as a, a game where Indiana is a season where Indiana is going to be very, very competitive. But if you're going to make me pick this win total, uh, I'm also going to be going on the under.
3: It's under here for me. Um, I think they actually could, not will, could lose at Western Kentucky. Whoa, for real? Yeah, for real. Western Kentucky imp- imported almost all of that Houston Baptist offense that hung 55 points on Texas Tech last year, including the OC and the uh, the, the QB and one of the good receivers. Good note. Yeah, um, I have them more likely to miss a bowl or to miss a bowl game than I than I do go to, to ten or two or better. They were very lucky last year. They play extremely hard for Tom Allen, extremely hard. Like, they really do. It makes me more hesitant to bet this under. The best bet you could have made was when this came out at eight, because eight is just something you need to just absolutely unload on, right? Seven is way more likely than nine, in my opinion. But seven is still more likely than eight. Um, Michael Penn is is efficiency numbers, not particularly good, right? He's he's also coming off.
0: He's a gamer. He tries hard. He yeah, but he but he was
3: plays. out. Like, yeah. like does, does the narrative change if they get that call right? Jake. Oh man, our our historian's gonna kill us now. <laughs> uh, I I look, I really do think they do a good job with player dev at Indiana. I think you know they're pretty solid schematically. Their recruiting is pretty damn good for who they are. And yet, if you do this, you're basically. When's the last time Indiana won nine regular season games? Or, you know, like, like this, right? Very rarely.
0: Uh, no, I don't think they Did they get the nine. They fell, they fell short because the it was the dream of the 90s. Like they were trying. They were trying to accomplish a lot of things that had not happened since the early 90s in the last two seasons.
3: Yeah. So, OK, the last couple of years, years, uh, eight and five, five and seven, five and seven, and seven, six and seven, six and seven. And then, you know, what they did last year, obviously, in the shortened season. Give me the under i'm on the under two um, andrew
0: is going to kill us he's going to meme us into we, oblivion
3: we may still be accepting applications by the way
0: for our historian <laughs> after hears i'm going to respond it's, to his email right now just to say apologies in advance for what you're going to hear in that big 10 east window tom sorry didn't
1: mean to cut you off i i just it's it's along the lines of what everybody's kind of been saying i i, I think they're going to go to a bowl game but i do think that the schedule is somewhat difficult and I do think that you know don't give any of it back but Indiana did have the coin land on you know what it you know it it had some luck last year in the way a lot of games went and a lot of things turned out we mentioned the turnovers and again I know I, I got whatever for this from Indiana fans a lot last year but like Indiana's turnover points off turnover margin last year ranked 10th in the nation they were plus 41. But more importantly than that, they scored 231 points as a team on the season. 65 of those points came following turnovers. So nearly, you know, so 27, 28 percent-ish of their points came following a turnover. They also, there was one team in the country that intercepted more passes than Indiana. Georgia Southern had 18. Indiana had 17. The difference is Georgia Southern played 13 games. Indiana played eight. They averaged two point one three interceptions per game. That's not really a sustainable level of performance as far as turning the ball over through there. Like fumble luck is fumble luck, but I just I don't see how you can intercept two passes per game and expect that to be sustainable in the long run. And also, while Michael Tom, you want a stat? Yes. All right. They were second in the country
3: in the ratio of passes defensed to picks, right? Mm Forty five
1: percent national average thirty two. So almost nowhere to go but down there yeah and the second highest interceptions per game last year was ohio at 1.67 so like a half an interception behind per game and the fact that like michael penix only threw four interceptions last year but to be blunt michael penix should have thrown a lot more than four interceptions last year he got away with a lot of throws that i don't know if he's going to be able to get away with because i love the kid he takes chances he is not scared but at some point you got to get bitten for some of the chances he's going to take. So I think Indiana is a good team. Like Bud said, they play super hard for Tom Allen. I think Tom Allen has done a fantastic job with that program and has it headed in the right direction. It's just, I see eight and four is more of a ceiling than an expectation. So I'm going under what By level guy, of team. Oh, sorry, Danny, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say the Western Kentucky game that you said could be a possible loss. CBS Sports Network, 8 o'clock. Better watch Let's it. Go. September. What is it? September 25th that weekend. Possibly. It could be a Danny Connell game. It's got it written all over it. But we'll have to see what the scheduling looks like. We'll have to see. We'll keep Are they making you guys go remote again? No. Well, it's all up in the air now. The plan was back to normal. That was three or we- three weeks ago. So. Keep you updated, because that was no fun. Calling we should Andy road trip up. this.
3: yeah, To Bowling like Green? That'd be like a hilarious cover three road trip. We, we, we all go to Bowling Green? Like that <laughs> would be. Um, so, like, just to, to put this in perspective, hey, we're talking, we're not, none of us are really even debating Indiana making a bolt. Like, we're all pretty damn sure of it. That's a hell of an accomplishment by Tom Allen in and of itself, right? We're like, can they make a bolt? No, we're talking about can they get to eight wins? Can they get to nine wins? If you think about this with this schedule, what level of team do you have to be confident that Indiana is not pole rank, but like in your power rankings, to be confident that they can get eight plus wins? Because to me, I think like I think they're probably like somewhere between like twenty-five and thirty-five as far as team quality, and they would need to be more in that fifteen to twenty range. Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly right. And I don't know if I can get there with this squad. Mm,
0: mm, Count them out. <laughs> the Maryland Terrapins over under win total at a whole six wins, plus 105 to the over, minus 125 to the under. You catch Howard, Kent State, and West Virginia all at home in the non conference. West draw at Illinois, at Minnesota, Iowa at home. Uh, how are we feeling about the Terps uh, heading into this season? Again, man, you, I probably, uh, I'll go ahead and say that this is the like, you gotta you can't look at Penn State and say throw it away and then look at Maryland and then be like but look at what you just saw at the same time it was a you know new quarterback it was a, a new coaching regime so I'm I'm very uh I'm, I'm on both sides of this I'll let y'all take a first stab at it uh, how are we feeling about the Turks
3: I, I bet the over on six early in, in the preseason I thought this was gonna climb it's the one win total that I bet so far that has kind of gone against me a little bit um, I still like it. I'm still going over, right? You know, ultimately, I, I see Howard, Kent State, and the Rutgers game as very likely wins, which probably tells you what I'm going to do with Rutgers here coming up. Mm-hmm. I see at Ohio State as definitely a loss, okay? At that point, are there any other guaranteed losses on their schedule? I think there are games in which they are certain to be underdogs, but I don't know that there are you know guaranteed losses other than Ohio State, which is kind of weird.
0: I'm handing them Penn State.
3: okay Penn State at home that's that's fair. Uh, I mean I don't think they're going to be like 14-point dogs, but they they could be 10. I could see that. So to me, like I think this is probably a top 35 caliber football team given their explosiveness on offense uh, and that means they need to get me four wins to hit the over here out of at Illinois at Michigan State, West Virginia. Indiana, Michigan, at Minnesota, and hosting Iowa. I gotta, I'm not going to lie. Like the over five and a half looks a hell of a lot better than it did when I bet it. I just thought it was going to go up, so I I'd locked it in at the time. Tennessee and South Carolina moved in my favor and pretty much all of the early ones I hit. Not this one. But I, I'm high on this team because of their offensive explosiveness, and I think several other teams in this division were incredibly
1: lucky last year. I'm on the under, and I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I just... Hmm. I think Howard's a win. I'm not as sold on Kent State being a win because like I think Maryland's probably gonna win that game, but Kent State puts up a lot of points. And defensively, Maryland was a team that kind of presented, you know, I i, I was had concerns about last year. I think that's gonna be a game where we're probably gonna want to circle an earmark for an over, maybe on a locks pod in late September. But I, I think they win that game around 65-70 percent of the time, but I do think there's a decent chance they can lose that game i i think that ohio state's definitely a loss and i think that the problem i have with this schedule in particular for maryland is that we've talked about it with other teams the games that they kind of need to win like the games on their schedule that to get to bowl eligibility that it's like you look at we have to win those are mostly all on the road like illinois winnable game on the road minnesota winnable game but on the road michigan state on the road. Rutgers on the road to finish the season, I don't think that's... I'm not chalking that up as an automatic win for Maryland. I think Rutgers is an improving team. I thought Rutgers was pretty solid last year. So, going through this, I think that Maryland's gonna have a tough time getting to bowl eligibility. That's not to say that I don't think they can. It's just, I think more often than not, we're looking at a team that's 5-7. and
0: On the under as well. I just... I'm having I'm having uh I'm having a little bit of trouble finding some balance after all these overs that I did uh right at the the top of the conference and so you know if 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 all of these division teams if Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan are going to be getting there I uh, I think that unfortunately Maryland ends up on the uh, on the other side of that I'm also on the
2: under. I'm going to go under as well. Is this put put on an island? Is this butt on an island? Self? on a bad number because you know, compared to the market, right? Because yeah. this is
3: this is something that like it's five and a half at a lot of places. If you want to take the over, at this point, you should take the five and a half, not the six. If you want the under, William Hill's price on the under is tremendous. By the way, it's very competitive. You're on you're on the Galapagos Islands because yeah, seriously, talking I'm on Does the island knows? on a bad number. Like like <laughs> I, I should just burn this ticket right now.
2: Is Talia their only QB? That's a scholarship quarterback. Like they don't have much depth at quarterback. They're kind of all on the table, all chips on the table with uh, Talia Tangabeloa, which he's shown flashes. But we've, I did, I just think there's a little bit of issue there. If something happens to him, or he doesn't perform, you know, excellent. So I think they're kind of all in there. And I also look at the schedule, and I'm having a tough time coming up with six wins. So I'm gonna take the under. Are you? Are you giving the Tua injury risk is genetic? <laughs> I was, I, I, You probably saw me. I was about to go there, <laughs> but I mean, have you seen the Bosa brothers? Like, yeah. <laughs> there is some, there is something to that. You um, know, they, hey they, they came from that, the same. That's page. all genetics. You think? No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just making, being silly.
0: How I many kids are gonna win this fall? Then we drop on down to Michigan State, year two with Mel Tucker, carrying a four-and-a-half uh, win win total. Minus 140 to the over, plus 120 to the under. Youngstown State, Western Kentucky again. Uh, and then at Miami uh, is the non-con. West draw, Nebraska at home, Northwestern on the road, Purdue on the road. What are we doing with
1: Sparty? I'm, I'm over, but barely. I there's some questions here for me. I still because it's that Michigan State had some good moments last year. Michigan State had some very bad (laughs) moments last year. And for me, it's going to really depend on the quarterback play. I think that this team has a pretty has like a bowl game ceiling if it gets solid quarterback play. But it's also a team that could finish like four and eight or three and nine if it doesn't really see improvement there. But like this is a schedule that is somewhat difficult in that, you know, you open at Northwestern, which is going to be a tough game at miami that's a tough game and i mentioned like the same kind of situation with maryland where those games that you want to count on to like when you're looking for the six games we can win to get to a bowl a lot of those games are on the road rutgers is on the road indiana's on the road purdue's on the road and then you look at the back half of that schedule this is a situation where like they cut they have they play they start off with their first seven games and then they have a bye but then the last half it's michigan all consecutive weeks michigan at purdue maryland and then at ohio state and then penn state that's a pretty difficult stretch for the spartans to go through and at the end of the year in particular when you're probably more inclined to be banged up than you are early in the season so this is a situation where i feel like they could enter november needing to win three games to get to bowl eligibility and with ohio state and penn state being two of the four games on that schedule that's not going to be easy to do so I, i i have them over but again i have them at five and seven so it's not something that i'm very confident in this over might be my favorite bet really in this division yeah i and i I think
3: if you guys want to take this go to wheel hill now and take it i I don't see this going down at all the the minus 140 to the over for me is is a a good number in my opinion to take Uh, in fact i think it's probably the best number on michigan state if you want it over i looked this morning at about nine different books and i this is the best number i could find um so you're you're i think you're you know plus ev against the market here if you take this over I'm a little bit worried about the quarterback play, of course, but uh, you know I was get people, worse. Right, it's, I was talking to Bill Connolly this morning, and you know uh, he was like, you know, "They they really did a nice job of throwing on early downs and running on uh, on passing downs, right? Keep people off balance, which is true. But the, for the first like two games last year, they did a horrible job of that. They basically just ran the ball like every single down, and were incredibly inefficient and did a lot of like the punting in opponent territory." You know craziness. I'm like, oh my god, is Mel Tucker like another one of these defensive coordinators who can't evolve into a head coach? And no, they totally swapped. You know, they totally swapped it around. they were much more efficient with their play calling down the stretch. I think that this coaching staff is excited about some of the transfers that it took, as far as their ability to, fit, to fill holes. Schedule wise, um, I think they'll beat Western Kentucky at home. Youngstown State again. I don't think they're going to have much problem with Rutgers. Uh, I'm very down on Rutgers this year, obviously since i have giving Maryland and Michigan State wins over, over Rutgers. At Northwestern, okay, tough game. It's the first game of the year. Nobody in the country lost more than Northwestern. So schedule timing-wise, I really love that they open with Northwestern. They get Maryland at home. That's a toss-up game to me. They go to Purdue. Purdue's probably like, what, a one-point favorite there-ish, maybe one and a half?
0: Purdue at home?
3: If you give me if you give me more than a field goal with Michigan State going to Purdue, I'm gonna bet Michigan State on today right so, now. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, that then they get Nebraska at home, right? At Indiana, again, I think that's a winnable game for them. I don't think they're gonna win Miami on the road. I love that they get Ohio State on the road, so you don't have to mess around with that. That's a loss if you play it on the moon. Um
0: I think this team is gonna go bowling. I am with you on the over. So I'm not like um I'm not out on you. I think that I, again, don't pay attention to anything that happened last year as long as we're talking about Penn State, but did you see the this Michigan State team beat Michigan and Northwestern? Like, did you see that the Big 10 West champs took an L to Mel Tucker and this figure it out Michigan State team? I think that from the, like the power ratings perspective, they are so comparable with a, a Maryland to a Purdue, a Nebraska, but I just, what, what I saw them be able to take and the timing of the hire and the COVID shutdown. And like, I have a little bit more faith in Mel Tucker and this Michigan state coaching staff, just because they were able to overcome a ton of obstacles in a season where otherwise I wouldn't have been surprised to see them go winless. And I would have given like forgiveness for that. So I'm, I'm going to take Michigan state, uh, to the over. I'm going to give them the Maryland win. Uh, I'm going to give them Youngstown, Nebraska, uh, Western Kentucky, and I think that they definitely can win one of, oh, I'm going to give them Rutgers, uh, and I think that gets me there. So, yeah, I'm going to go over.
1: I will say, Chip, I I did see the win, the nine-point win over Northwestern. I did see the three-point win over Michigan. Problem is, I also saw the 11-point loss to Rutgers, the 42-point loss to Iowa, the 24-point shutout loss to Indiana, the 40-point loss to Ohio State, and the 15-point loss to Penn State.
0: Boy, that Ohio State game was tough, too, because we were bugging about some Ohio State COVID issues because they had like 23 players out, and then Ohio State came in and ran up the
2: score. How many it. picks did Lombardi have against Rutgers, though? Wasn't it like insane? And, like six no, And then there were a couple fumbles in there, too. Like the amount of turnovers in that game, if I recall he correctly. Two
1: but. interceptions, but he had three touchdowns against Rutgers, too. That was actually yeah. – Ironically, was better games. Are, are you numbers? suggesting Rutgers, Rutgers was, was his best game?
2: Lucky last year, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the over. I think, and Chip kind of hit more of what it's about for me. Mid February was when D'Antonio stepped down and Tucker comes in. Like that is insane. Then you had all the COVID issues. The staff is more intact now. You're laying a foundation. I do think over the long haul, like in three to four years we'll have a better appreciation for Mark D'Antonio accomplished uh, at Michigan state. Like, I don't know if this team is going to the Rose bowl anytime soon, but I do think this year will be a surprise to the upside. So I'm going to take the over.
0: How many games are going to win this fall? And we bring it home with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. The non-conference has Temple and Delaware at home, and then they'll be heading to the electric dome to, uh, to face Syracuse. The draw from the other division is at Northwestern, at Illinois, and then Wisconsin at home, win total at four. Um, I mean, get I, bud. I think I think we've we've all got this team rate power ranked and rated at the bottom of the division. I mean, who's who's gonna get out here with an argument that Rutgers is gonna peel off uh, more than one conference win? You could make an argument for 3-0. I don't think they go 3-0 and in the non-con, but that's what you need to do is you need to go and, go and find some – go and find Rutgers going to Ryan Field where the grass isn't mowed and you can't even run fast. Like, go and find Rutgers going to Champagne and being able to take take down uh, Burton the fighting a I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I'm on the under. Has anybody got a Rutgers over for me?
3: So this number is four?
0: Four. Yeah.
1: I, I
3: couldn't find this on on uh, on, on
1: Will Hill. I, I, I got it. You know, what? The, the key is like the, the, the original. Yeah, it's New Jersey. If you switch the states to any of the other states, they'll give you a Rutgers number.
3: What is the juice on four? Because I, I was going off four and a half on uh, um,
1: Barstool with dollar twenty-five to the over. I don't really check real quick. I don't think it was anything crazy, if I remember correctly. Sportsbook State. This computer is really slow, so you guys kill time. We're or, excuse at me. Four? Plus, plus We're at 100 four? to the over. So number four, it
0: was four and a half, two.
1: I thought it was four and a half with, uh,
3: with, with e- e- even money to the over, minus a dollar twenty-five to the under.
0: Caesar Sportsbook. Okay,
3: I don't know how to change the states here. So, you guys <laughs> who are native CBS, not twenty-four-seven, you got to show me that later. Um, I'm still going under. I don't care. <laughs> I mean like like for, for the best column, I'm definitely gonna take four and a half and, and, and pay a dollar twenty-five. Because I think four hits a decent percentage of the time. This team, what it did last year, was admirable. They played hard. I think Greg Shiano will turn records around to where when they have a special year, it'll be like a, a bowl year, not a you know, win three games type year. Um but like I give them like a 24, 20, to 23% chance to m- win five games. Like, they, I think what they did last year was completely unsustainable. It was essentially just turnover luck and special teams magic, two things that year to year are not repeatable skill for the most part. They fluctuate wildly. All of their kind of underlying base metrics were terrible. They were 105th in offensive SP, 84th in defensive SP thirty fourth in uh, in special teams which again I don't think is sustainable and their uh, their turnover luck uh, was was pretty insane they also had nice timing about when they caught certain teams on the schedule and uh, were they the only team that did not have a like COVID related delay in the big Ten there weren't many that, that didn't have anything because like I'm looking at the dates on their, their games here 10 24 31 11 seven 14 21 twenty eight 12 five 12 12 12-18. Like that's
0: that's as crisp as as you could possibly yeah. be in that league.
3: Again, probably not a sustainable edge compared to everybody else on, you know, in in the conference. Um they were in two of their wins by the way. Like this should have been a one-win team last year. Maybe a two-win, you can argue a two-win team if you want. They were 14% win expectancy against Maryland and won. They were 12% against Purdue and won. That's just not
1: but what were they? I think Richiano against- hasn't think- gone in the right direction. But this ain't it to me. No, I, I I agree that they they did have a lot of turnover luck as far as like the their opponents turnovers because it was well above the average. But if you look at points off turnovers, the points off turnover margin was only five points. So it's not like they did a great job of taking advantage of it. But I I'm on I'm on a push. And by the way, the juice is one ten to each side. Um, if I have to go to either side, I'm gonna go to an under before I go to the over because I think three and nine is far more likely than five and seven. But I I don't think this is a the same kind of Rutgers team we're used to. Like Chip, you mentioned the non-con. I think there's a pretty decent chance they can go three and zero oh in the non-con, but it'll it'll depend on what Syracuse we get in 2021. I think is going to be the ultimate decider there. But I think they're going two and one at worst. So then when it comes to conference play, I think. That Maryland game, I don't think is win. You know, I, I think that's a game they can win. Indiana is a game they can win. Illinois is a game they can win. Northwestern's a game they can win. Michigan State's a game they can win. The problem is, as we've mentioned a few teams already, is like that Northwestern, the Illinois, and the Indiana game are right. all on the road, which makes it more difficult. So I would lean under before I go over, but I think four is probably where they end up.
3: What, what is that line against Temple?
2: It is again, the opening no, I mean, line, opening week. Yeah. yeah, I was looking for that too. I think that's a I, win oh, four, automatic
3: fourteen. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet Temple money line there. I'll tell t- I'll t- I'll t- you guys right now before the Locks Pod, they were they were Oregon. not a better team. They were not a better team than Temple was last year. You
2: guys Temple are lost a lot though. The pride of New Jersey, who's right up there with Bruce Springsteen, Matthew who cut his teeth at Ramapo <laughs> High School there, right down the road from the stadium. This guy's bringing back all the good vibes from the dynasty that he built up. They had three wins against the Big Ten last year. Three. I think they're going to start 3-0. There's going to be all kind of in, uh, excitement. And, uh, everyone's going to be pumped up. Here it comes. They're back. Now, I think it comes to a screeching halt. But all I need to get is one more for a push, which I think could easily come. I uh, And sorry, sorry uh, Tom, but I think – Illinois is a winnable game. I think Northwestern is a winnable game. I think Maryland's a winnable game. Like, I see a few, like three toss-up games, and I only need one to get a push and two to get the win. Give me the over for Rutgers. I'd say as a general rule, if you say all I need to do is get one more to get a push,
3: you might want to bet the under.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is belief, all right? This is
3: the division
1: of belief.
0: We Danny's on Indiana. He's got Rutgers. He's
2: just, I switched. I switched on Indiana. I switched. Don't forget. That's why i I was a little light on uh over. So I did have to take an over here at the bottom. Yeah. The uh,
0: so so Danny on an island uh for the Scarlet Knights.
1: I, I do want to say though for our any Rutgers fans that listen to this show, you're going to see on CBSSports.com this week a a, a piece of content that ranks the best schools in each state. I want to say that I disavow the choice for New Jersey. <laughs>
0: they they put Princeton.
1: Yeah, I'm on. Princeton. I think Rutgers is the best program in the state of New Jersey. I think so. so don't yell at the Cover Three podcast.
0: Yeah, it wasn't us. Oh, I will be on CBS Sports HQ later, echoing those sentiments, Tom. So don't worry.
1: Please do. Yeah, yell I it from the rooftops. I you don't will. Want, oh, you I'll. do not want a bunch of New Jersey people mad at you. <laughs>
0: It's true. It's very, very true. He is Tom Frenell. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Bud Elliott3. You can follow him at Danny cannell You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Coming up next, we'll be back in your feed with those Big Ten West win totals. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. And.